Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is Dad Life. It's how we live 24-7, 365. Check me. Gas station glasses. Don't care what the masses think about me with my sweet goatee. I'm rocking my doctors with a cuff and a crease. I got that St. John's Bay and the clip for my piece. I look nice. I got dozens of dollars and that's right. It goes straight to my daughters and my Hello and welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here. Thanks everybody for joining us. If you haven't taken a look at any of the Kentucky Dad Pod, please go back and do that. We had Ryan Lemon on most recently. Had some great stories to tell. I'm obviously talked a lot about Dane Key, which is super relevant with the football season. So we've had some excellent guests. They're not timely. So please go back, take a look. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just search AC of Blue and it should have all the podcasts on there. So thanks for tuning in today. We have a monster guest today. Probably the biggest guest definitely an a-lister you know I'll, I'll tell them straight if they're an a-lister so today we have uk's all-time leading scorer on the podcast the kentucky dad podcast dan Istel is joining me dan thank you so much for coming on my pleasure Drew. thanks for having me i appreciate it now you know when you say all-time leading score you have to add men because oh. valerie Valerie still is actually is the all-time leading scorer, men and women. What a true gentleman. I'm glad you included that. And I will actually, I will start. I'm a, such a big proponent of women's sports with my daughter, um, you know, kind of going through that grind and me seeing a lot of the shortcomings that they get. So I'm, I'm going to start incorporating that in when I mention that. But men's though, I don't, I don't know. And one of the, one thing I actually wrote down that I wanted to ask you, Dan, was with NIL, I thought, I think your scoring record was pretty much a lock to kind of stay good, but with the NIL deals, I don't know, Dan, over the next decades or so, that, that thing might get rung up on. <laughs> well, I, 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 uh, it, it might, uh, but I, I, I will say this, Drew, if somebody comes along and is good enough to uh, break it, I will applaud that. I've, I've had the record for over 50 years, so it's <laughs> probably, time, probably time for somebody else to have it. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I was thinking about that. And I said, you know, a year or so ago, there's not much you could have done to convince me. I mean, it would have to take such a special situation of just a, a niche college player for whatever reason um, that ended up getting that. But now, like I said, with NIL, the, the Oscar Sheebways of the world and particularly, you know, they talk about, um, you know, the big men that might not translate to the NBA being the ones that stick around. So who knows? Maybe uh, maybe that record will get broken. But I, I do think it's still probably a long shot. <laughs> well, well we'll have to wait and see I, I i've had it a lot longer than i thought i would so uh that that's that's definitely a plus all right well good stuff so we have dan issel again on the kentucky dad podcast if you're not familiar dan does a uh weekly radio show every weekday morning from 10 to 12 eastern here in louisville area so you can catch it obviously streaming on uh, espn 680 he does that show with louis rabot and i've been fortunate enough to join them on mondays and I find it funny too, Dan, because, you know, I got to brag a little bit um, coming on the show to talk to you. And I'm like, yep, I just go on the show to talk to Dan Nissel about football. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's that's because it's football season now, Drew, and you and you uh, you bring uh, you bring such knowledge and, and insight to the show. We love we love having you. We we hope it'll continue during basketball season as well. Well, I appreciate you saying that. That was really nice of you. And I've been very open with Louie and saying I have no idea how far down the Kentucky, uh, you know, person well he had to go to get to me. But I was very I feel very fortunate that he did. And and one thing I wanted to mention too, Dan, and and I truthfully, truthfully mean this is, though, um, to me, it obviously seems like you found something, you know, later in your life with radio that you really like doing. And it's been so apparent to me your preparation, that you take it seriously. I mean, it could be so easy, you know, with someone that's, you know, has the reputation of yourself, especially here in the state of Kentucky, to kind of just uh, phone that job in literally and figuratively and just come on. But I can tell that you prepare. I can tell that you take it seriously. And I can tell that you enjoy it. So um, is that something that you always thought you would want to do later in life or did it just kind of happen? Well, it. Uh, I, I actually... Um... Uh, at uh, ab- about 20 years ago, uh, I had a, a, a I had a radio show in Denver, and it was it was a lot of work, Drew. It was four hours oh, wow. uh, drive time. We were on from three to seven uh, every afternoon, and of course, I had a, a co-host by the name of Tom Green who was terrific. And I did that for. Uh, a couple of years until I, I was hired back with the uh, Nuggets organization, but I, I always enjoy it. And I, and this is fun. It's only two hours. I, 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 I don't think I could do four hours a day anymore, but, but it is fun. And uh, I started it with Mike Pratt and unfortunately Mike passed away and Louie came on as, as my new co-host. And, and it, you know, it gives me a reason to get up in the morning and, and, and get out and prepare and so I I do enjoy it I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of fun yeah definitely as somebody that like I said does that in short segments um, you know it's kind of compartmentalized I know that it does take a lot of work and I, I even say that to my wife a lot I'm like you know if I had my own show like it's not that hey I want to watch Monday Night Football tonight it's like you really kind of got to watch it and force yourself <laughs> to stay up so you know what you're talking about the next week. And um, I'm too much of a moody person, Dan. Like, I don't wake up on the right side of the bed enough to have um, any. I would say probably by noon would probably be the earliest. I feel like I could get going every day or else you would probably definitely uh, – you would know which days I got up in a good mood, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, with the, that's exactly the excuse I use with Sherry. Uh, to uh, to watch all the sports that I watch, you know, I, I said, honey, you know, I, I really don't want to watch it, but I have to. It's, it's part of my job. So that lets me get away with that. All right. Well, again, um, so Dan Issel, Kentucky Dad Pod, appreciate it. Um, I know that I'm going to try to rapid fire some of like the old school way we used to do the Kentucky Dad Pod. And I didn't prepare you for a lot of this. So you can kind of just shoot off the top of your head if you think of any. Um, but the first one, Dan, is there any TV or movie dads that like either growing up were in your household or that like you just kind of you remember or even when you were a father that either you liked or that you kind of just saw yourself in? Well, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I grew up a long time ago, <laughs> so, uh, you know, some of, some of the, uh, some of the TV shows that were on then were, uh, uh, Father Knows Best and uh, Andy Griffith and, and, and you know, it was uh, Leave It to Beaver was one uh-huh. of my favorites where, 
uh, you know, the dads, uh, the dads didn't seem to work a lot. They always seemed to be around the house. But I, I have to say, growing up, Drew, uh, the, the dad that I wanted to emulate was my was my own father. I, oh. I had wonderful upbringing. Uh, my father and mother both supported uh, just about everything I did and uh, and were, and were always there. Uh, I, the, uh, the three years drew that I played varsity basketball at Kentucky, uh, my mom and dad, and it was, uh, about a four hour, excuse me, about a, a eight hour drive from Batavia, 400 miles. Uh, they missed three home games in Memorial Coliseum wow. in three years. I played varsity. So I, I was very fortunate that I grew up in a great home. And uh, it was my own dad that I wanted to emulate. Good stuff. That's great. I know you mentioned Andy Griffith, too. I think Andy Griffith has been said a time or two, but I can still, uh, I don't know, I guess it would have been my grandmother, maybe, or something. I would because I've seen tons of Andy Griffith. And to this day, I think that's one of the shows that if, if I can find it when it's not a commercial or something, uh, it just, man, it just pulls all the right strings for you. <laughs> yep. That, that, for, 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 for sure. That that is for sure. It was a, it was a different a different time, a different uh, style of life, a different pace of life. Uh, but uh, but you know, it was a lot of fun. I don't know why this. I'm going to ask you this question, but just when you were telling the story, Dan, about your parents, I just thought about them making all those commutes back and forth from Illinois to Kentucky to see you play. Do you remember what car they would have owned to do those trips in? Yeah, my my father was a Ford man. Okay. He, he always uh, he always had Fords, and and I mean we were we were certainly not well off. Uh, my dad my dad was later in life. Uh, in fact, when when he took me to school uh, at Kentucky, he was a house painter, Drew, and and he always uh, he he always uh, you know worked for somebody else while I was growing up. And when he took me to school, he went back home and started his own business, and uh, and and did very well after that. But you know, we were a blue collar family, but for some reason he traded cars every two years. And so it was the even, I, it's amazing you bring this up because I can remember it was the even year, you know, we had a, oh, we had cool. a, a new Ford in 60 and 62 and 64. And, and so it would, it would have been a Ford. That's for sure. That is, that's a really cool story. I'm glad I asked that nice, that the every even year new Ford. Very cool. All right. Um, so another question I used to ask Dan, um, and I haven't seen you, I've spent a little time around, you know, I'm usually, I would have maybe been observing around this, but let's say in your normal, just like weekly routine, would you say that you drink more coffee, soda, or alcohol? Uh, well, I, I, I don't drink a lot of coffee. I don't, I really don't drink a lot of, of any of that. Uh, I, I usually have one cup of coffee in the morning to get my eyes open. I don't drink any sodas. I, uh, I, I, the, 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 the non, the, 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 the sugar-free stuff leaves a terrible taste in my mouth and, and the regular is too sweet. So I can't, I can't tell you, Drew, the last time I had a, a Coke or a Pepsi or a Dr. Pepper. Uh, so I guess just by default, uh, Budweiser would have to be the okay. Be <laughs> hey, that's the, fine. <laughs> Were you ever a soda drinker at all in your youth or college days? Anything? Um, not, not really. I, you know, I guess, uh, I guess when I was growing up, it was mostly, uh, mostly milk. 
Uh, I was never, I, I don't enjoy sweet things. I'm not a big dessert guy. Uh, I don't like fruit because I think fruit has a sweet taste and, 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 and what we call pop instead mm -hmm. of soda growing up. Um, and I, I never drank much, much of that either. Interesting. Yeah, I know. I make that argument a lot when I'm being more health conscious that most, most fruit really is just sugar and carbs. There's not, yeah. there's not a yeah. lot of value you get. I think a lot of times you just hear fruit and it's like, great. Um, but that's a good transition because another thing I wanted to, um, to talk with you a little bit is about just me. I'm 35. So, I mean, I've obviously heard of Dan so I can look back. I've seen, um, you know, we've talked about my interest in trading cards in particular. So, um, your physical physique, Dan, it was just obvious looking back then. I mean, you were jacked, dude. You were really strong. So I'm just curious is um, like what the what commitment that took to your body? You mentioned drinking all that milk. Did you just kind of have some of that natural like, you know, farm strength type thing? Or um, was it a huge commitment every day with like diet, weightlifting, things of that nature? No, no. You know, weight weightlifting really, uh, really came along after after my career. Now, uh, the last few years playing in the NBA, uh, I lifted weights uh, for my legs, uh, but like we didn't at, at Kentucky, we didn't have a weight room or, or, mm -hmm. or anything like that. It really was farm strength. I grew, I grew up on a farm, uh, lived on a farm uh, until I was in the uh, sixth grade and, um, and, and, you know, did, did those kinds of things, those kinds of chores. And, and I was just blessed that, uh, you know, I, I had, uh, I had some strength, some natural strength and uh, of course, good size, but I, I would say it, it was just growing up and, and working on the farm and, and, uh, you know, didn't get interested in, in athletics, uh, until we moved to, uh, to Batavia when I was in the sixth grade, as I said, uh, I, I was telling Louie on the radio show the other day, Drew, I, I, I am positive I did not touch a basketball. I had never touched a basketball till I was in the sixth grade. So, uh, yeah, it, a lot different than today. Well, after what I can't pronounce his last name yet, but after watching the, um, you know, the seven foot four Victor guy that everyone's just drooling over, I keep making the comments to my kids that their ass better be hitting the books because it's, it's a new breed of players out here. So <laughs> they, they better be studying or something, the stuff that I'm seeing. It's just kind of uh, amazing that, you know, just from generation to generation, the development we're seeing. And I, I am, I'm glad I asked that to you too, Dan, because I bet a lot of it is um, diet because, you know, now everybody just has such access to all these processed foods, tossing them in the microwave, soda, sugars, all that stuff everywhere. So combined with um, kids not learning the hard value of working, you know, on a farm and things, it, it probably contributes to a lot of, uh, you know, not in shape kids and stuff that kind of are our country faces these days, but that's interesting to know. I would have thought for sure that you guys were at least lifting a little bit of weights. It had to be kind of a, a unique transition for you to be that far along in your career and kind of have that introduced towards the end. Like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really was. And I, 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 I don't know. I have uh, it, during, you know, back when I played, there didn't seem to be nearly as many injuries as there are today, Drew. And I, I have my own philosophy on that. I think sometimes the athletes, especially, uh, you know, in basketball and in baseball, where you don't have to be, you don't have to have brute strength like you do in football. Um, I, I think sometimes our athletes lift a little too much. 
and mm-hmm. and they and they develop muscular systems that their skeletal system uh, can't support. And I think that's why you see a lot more injuries today than you did, uh, you know, years ago. Yeah, that makes sense. And then from a basketball perspective, um, I've always wanted to ask you this too, just like looking back, whenever I look back at ABA scores or just games you had against Pistol Pete and stuff like to me, having not been there and seen that era, it was just so obvious that um, like the freedom of movement and skill set was just different because I cannot watch these 48 to 52 SEC basketball games every year, Dan, like we see. And um, maybe a lot of that, too, is attributed to these, uh, you know, guys that can bench 380 pounds, you know, playing for some of these schools and stuff, because um, we just never see scores and, you know, beautiful basketball that at least I would consider it that as much as we used to. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I think um, and, and I don't want to sound like the old man, but uh I, I think the game has certainly changed, Drew, in that there is so much uh, emphasis put on the three-point shot uh, mm-hmm. anymore. And, and uh, basketball has become an individual sport, uh, at best a, two, a, a two-man game. Uh, right. you, you don't see very many offenses anymore where all five, all five people are invo- involved in the flow of the game. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point, too. It is. It is definitely um, played differently in that aspect. Um, well, quick. So we haven't really mentioned much about your family. So Dan Issel on the Kentucky Dad podcast. Thank you. If you're tuning in, please check us out on Twitter at Kentucky Dad Pod. And again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Just search AC of Blue and um, all the podcasts that we do will come up there. Um, but tell us just a little bit, Dan, about um, you've kind of talked a little bit about growing up. So feel free to start wherever you like. Um, but this is kind of work up to, you know, talking about your children and life as a father and all that. Yeah, well, um, you know, I've uh, as as I said, I was very blessed that I grew up in a, in a very close family and in a Christian family and and had values. And, and those are the the kinds of values that that Sherry uh, and I have tried to pass on uh, to, to to our children as well. And then my family has always been very important uh, to me. It, it, it was a little difficult with, because of my schedule, uh, you know, being on the road a lot when I was playing professional basketball for 15 years. And, you know, I would miss things. Sherry did a great job raising the kids while, <laughs> while I was on the road. But, uh, you know, I, I would miss things that were important to, to them and, and important to me. But it kind of balanced out, Drew, because then, you know, for four or five months during the summer, uh, we were together every day. So, uh, you know, you, you have to give up something to, to get something. Uh, but we, we always tried to, to give our, our, our kids room to grow and, and to develop themselves, never pushing them in one direction or the, or the other. And, um, you know, they're, thank goodness today they're doing the same thing with, with their families. So, uh, you know, family is very important in the Issel household. Great. So you have grandchildren? We have, I have, uh, uh, let's see, we have five all the way from a sophomore. Our oldest grandson is a sophomore at uh, Colorado University. And uh, he has a sister, Addison. That's Benjamin. Addison is a senior in high school uh, in Denver. And then my son Scott uh, has uh, has three boys uh, that are seven, eleven, and thirteen. 
So nice. Five five grandkids and, uh, and it's so much fun going to, to all the events that they have going on. You know, there's always a, a football game or a soccer game or a basketball game or some weekends, one of each. So we, we have a lot of fun following our, uh, our grandchildren and, and the events that they're involved with. Oh, and I already know how it works then. You, you have the luxury now as grandparents to just go to all the fun stuff, be there at all the, you know, checking at all the great times. And then, um, you know, you've done your due diligence and your hard work, I should say, I guess, for, uh, for raising them up. So I'm, I'm looking forward at some point too to uh, enjoying all the, all the fun stuff as a grandparent and spoiling the grandkids and stuff. And I got to ask, because I've been asking all my guests this lately, um, whether their grandparents are not. I asked them what their prospective grandpa name would be. So are you just grandpa? Did you decide on grandpa? No, I'm, I'm Papa Dan. Okay. <laughs> pa- pa- Papa Dan. So <laughs> Nice. I know that that's always, I catch people off guard with that one a lot because that's something really wild to think about. I remember because um, I had my daughter really young. So my, my dad and mom were, were kind of posed with that question really early on um, and kind of hit you. So good. I remember that one. That's a good one. Yep, Papa Dan. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's see. Okay, so this, I really wanted to talk to you about this on air, Dan, but I saved it for the podcast. So um, Anchorman 2, the Dan Issel reference. So I'm sure, I'm sure you know about this. I just happened to be watching this movie maybe two weeks ago, which was probably a week after we randomly, you know, met for the first time, started doing radio, I'm half falling asleep. And then, so if you're not familiar, um, Will Ferrell, I think towards the end of Anchorman 2, yep. has the What the Dan Issel reference. And I mean, I just, I, I couldn't even sleep. I was laughing so hard because it just caught me off guard. I know I had seen the movie, but I didn't really remember that part. And I guess my question for you is like, again, I'm sure you know about that. And, and how did you learn of it? Is the movie just come out and someone says, hey, I just saw this movie, Dan. They tell you, do they ask you beforehand? Were you surprised? What happened with that? Yeah, yeah, no, I was I was shocked. And that's exactly <laughs> what happened. A friend of mine called me and said, have you seen Anchorman 2? And I said, no, although, you know, I've, I've always been a big Will Ferrell fan. You know, he did that movie uh, that was kind of a takeoff on the uh, uh, on the ABA. Yeah. Uh, when and, and now I'm, I can't remember the name of it, but he played for the. Uh, the Flint, Michigan tropics. Yep. Semi-pro Jackie Moon. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. And, and so somebody called me and said, well, you got to go see it because he says your name in it. But the neat thing about that story, Drew, is I actually got to talk because of that. 
I got to talk to Will Farrell. He, he called the uh, Nuggets office and got my number. And one of his best friends or his best friend who produced the, those two movies, I guess was a big ABA fan. And so he called me and asked me if, um, if I would call his friend on his birthday and sing happy birthday to him. So <laughs> wow. I told Will, I said, I'll do it, but I need three autographed pictures. I need <laughs> one for me. I need one for my son and I need one for my oldest grandson. And, and so he, he did it. I called his, his friend and sang happy birthday to him. And to this day, my son has that Will Ferrell autograph picture in his office. So wow, it, was, it was fun to, uh, to hook up with him after he used, uh, said my name in the movie. Yeah. That story was even better than I thought. Cause again, that was immediately just, I said, having met you just, you know, a week or so prior to how that goes down. I'd assume that was probably it. Someone that knew you sitting in Denver movie theater or wherever, and probably, you know, got a big laugh out of that. So that, that's fun. It's so funny to me that I stumbled upon it when I did, because I'm sure I'd seen that movie 10 years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm going to rewatch Semi-Pro too, because that movie is just. Yeah, no, no. I, I Ferrell stuff. I, I like all of Will Ferrell's stuff. Um, I will switch gears a little bit here. Uh, what about nicknames that Dan Nissel had growing up or throughout your life? Any um, any nicknames that stuck or didn't stick? Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, the one that seems to have stuck uh, is the horse, uh, which uh, it, it is is kind of a funny story. I, I was playing for the Nuggets, and uh, I, I had a, a, a pretty de decent game one night. And the next day in the new, in the newspaper article, they said, I played like a thoroughbred. And one of the, one of the guys in the Nuggets front office came in the locker room that morning and said, I thought you played more like a Clydesdale and Clydesdale mm -hmm. became horse. And that was, uh, that, that was the nickname that, that stuck most, uh, when I was growing up, uh, it was just Danny, uh, a lot of people, Back in Batavia, Illinois, my hometown, uh, still call me Danny to this day, which doesn't quite fit with a 73-year-old man. But uh, <laughs> but it was it was Danny, and then it unfortunately became the horse. I feel like the horse is such like a it's a great nickname. It describes all kinds of things about you. I know you're even uh, into the horses now, but yeah, it's just not a very uh, it's not very appealing to the ear. The horse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, all right, let's see. Oh, I know. So one thing. So um, I uh, let's catch up on the twins a little bit. So for, as far as my stuff goes, so I got the, the twins doing well. I think we're at, gosh, I think Monday they'll be 11 or 12 weeks old. So mom continues wow. to be a superhero that that's going. She's out there momming them up now. So just still working to integrate the older ones in has been super challenging. But um, I did get the chance, Dan, to take. Um, so I guess I would be a elite a uh, fourth generation Cubs fan maybe third at least third so my family huge Cubs fans my grandfather um God bless him he's still in a nursing home and and uh God bless my dad too usually him but either him or my brother I mean when I tell you Dan he does not miss a, a pitch of a Cubs game like for decades I mean he does not miss yep. a pitch yeah but I had the opportunity last game of the year you know I think they had a rain out schedule 4 10 p.m Wednesday afternoon up in Cincinnati the Cubs played so, you know, we're sitting there, never be an easier time to take the three boys to a Cubs game. The weather's beautiful. 
so my dad, the three boys, my wife went. We just had the best time ever. Everyone treated us great. Um, so that was pretty cool. We checked. They made them their certificate, first ever major league game. Got to do it together. Um, so that was great. We just could not have had a a better experience. So shout out to the weather guys, the baseball guys. Cubs crushed them. It was awesome. Um, and yeah. on that car ride, my dad, huge ABA fan. I mean, it, it was probably a good thirty miles. I got to hear stories about you and just his experience. Um, he was born in nineteen sixty. I believe maybe 61. So um, he was kind of prime age to watch the NBA. And he wanted to make sure that I asked and um, gave the opportunity to talk about one of his favorite players, which was Wendell Ladner. <laughs> mm-hmm. when, Wendell, uh, unfortunately, Wendell, uh, when he left the Colonels, Wendell played for a number of ABA teams and uh, he was just crazy. I remember one night at Freedom Hall in Louisville, we had a five-gallon glass uh, water jug at the end of the bench that you uh, got got sips of water out of, and he broke that that five-gallon glass jug between the floor and his back, diving after a basketball. Uh, if I remember correctly, a hundred and three stitches they had to take in his back that night, and he wanted to come out and play in the second half. Uh, that he was, he was, he was a wild man. Not he, he played very hard and, uh, and, and he was, a he was a handsome guy and, uh, everybody loved window, but, uh, when he left the colonels, he was traded to, uh, to the nets and, uh, and unfortunately was going back to New York, uh, from his, uh, hometown down in Mississippi, uh, and was in a, a airplane crash and, and passed away. But, uh, no, Wendell is a legend for his his basketball and and a number of other things. Wendell, uh, what's a nice way to say this? Uh, <laughs> Wendell wasn't the brightest bulb on the tree. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say it that way. And so, uh, but everybody loved Wendell, and, uh, and nobody played harder than him. Well, man, what a tribute to his memory because, like both you and my father, just as soon as his name was brought up, just. It, almost told the same story and just lit up. So you could tell that he, um, he really, you know, captured the, the people that were around him, especially on the basketball floor. Um, Cause that's, that's what he said. He said he was a, he, he didn't, you did not want to mess with him on the basketball court. No, no. <laughs> let, let me tell you a funny story, Drew. Uh, when he was playing, like I said, he played for a number of ABA teams, uh, but uh, there were, there were fights quite often uh, in the ABA games. And uh, we had Ron Thomas, who played at U of L? Ron was kind of our enforcer, and I got I got in a, a fight with Wendell one night, and uh, I, I landed one or two, but he landed one on my chin, and I had to have stitches taken under my chin. And uh, after the game, I said, I said, Ron, where were you? Because you know it was his job to come out and get involved, or try to break up, or or, or step in front of. I said, Ron, where were you? And he said, Dan, didn't you hear the ABA just said, if you leave the bench to get involved in a fight, you get fined $25. I said, Ron, the next time I get in a fight, you get out there and I'll pay you a hundred. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's good stuff. Man, I, I want to go back to the ABA. I feel like over the last two weeks or so, I've gotten um, more like firsthand stories of it than I ever have before. So, hmm. I miss it. I said, if I, the first 52 to 50 SEC basketball game this year, um, well, one, I'm praying Kentucky is not playing in that game. 
but <laughs> there's sure to be some. So I don't know. I just anyway. Well, the, right. the, the ABA the ABA was a, was a great league, and they, even though it only existed for nine years, there were a number of outstanding players. And the, and the main reason was Drew that the uh, the NBA still had a rule in effect that they couldn't draft you to your college class graduating. Didn't matter if you went to college or not. They couldn't draft you. The ABA, they'd take anybody. They'd, uh, they'd take an eighth grader if they thought he could play. And so as a result of that, we got all of the, not all, but a lot of the good young talent coming out of college early. Uh, Julius Irving, George McGinnis, George Gervin. I mean, you can just go uh, right down the line. And so by the time that the, the merger happened, uh, there were as many talented players in the ABA as there was the NBA. And looking back at the Jackie Moon um, semi-pro movie too, I, at least for, for me, you know, all these decades later trying to digest it, the entertainment value just seemed to be there. They valued, you know, people wanted to go and have a good time and, and see good basketball and, and enjoy themselves. So I have to go look at some highlights and stuff. I think we might have talked recently on radio or somebody soon about uh, Louisville Gardens. I really miss Louisville Gardens too. I was fortunate enough to, um, you know, be able to do some stuff in there growing up, and it's a shame they don't do anything there anymore. Yeah, yeah. My my rookie year, uh, when the when the Colonels first started, uh, they they played most of their games in the Garden. I, in my my rookie year, of course, it was called the convention the convention center then. Uh, the uh, no, the Armory it was called the Armory then. Uh, and my rookie year, I think we played about 10 games there and the rest of the games in Freedom Hall. And then my second year, Artis's rookie year, uh, we, we made the transition and played all of our games at Freedom Hall. All right, Dan, this old Kentucky Dad podcast. We can kind of start wrapping up here. Just have a few minutes. So we'll have to. Um, this is a tough question, but it'll be a little less tough because we have a ton of time to uh, go over it. But Dan, can you think about, um, which may not be that difficult with you having all the grandkids and stuff, but. When was the last time Dan Issel had a good cry? Mm. Does Dan Issel cry? If the answer is no, the answer is no. No, no. The, uh, the, 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 I'm, I'm very emotional. And, and the older I get, the more emotional I do get. But sure. uh, a good cry, uh, I, I would guess it was probably when my father passed away. When uh, you talk about a, a good, you know, check a chest heaving cry. Uh, my mother preceded my father by about six months. And so uh, uh, the, the last time I had a real good hard cry would have been when, when, my, when my dad passed away. And when was that? Did you say, I'm sorry? Uh, it was about uh, six or seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. I know that I said that all the time, I use this analogy every time this gets brought up, but since I ever I had my daughter in 2007, and if it can be a car commercial about a father daughter's love, and I can be weeping in the living room, like as soon as that happened, it's anything can pull my heartstrings. I feel like once you got uh, any kids, but I feel like especially a daughter does it for dads too. Yeah, yeah. All right, well let's keep rolling. We got to do our dad jokes. Um, so Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Like I say you're. It amazes me. Um, you know the willingness you're you know, you are with your time and stuff. So people like me, I can't thank you enough. I know a lot of, hopefully people will check this one out um, and, and the others, um, you know, before it. So thank you so much. Um, my pleasure. Always. I mean, anybody named Big Blue Drew, I got, <laughs> I, I got to give him some time. <laughs>
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. I'll start with my dad joke and you can end it. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll do two. All right. Let's see. All right. First one is my wife asked me, is it just me or is the cat getting fat? Apparently saying, no, it's just you was the wrong answer. <laughs> and let's see. Uh, I like this one. Uh, my son just asked me if I've seen the dog bowl. No, son. The damn dog can barely even fetch. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, uh, this is the one question that you prepared me for. And so I asked my, my seven-year-old grandson, I said, give me a good joke, a joke that okay. you think funny. And he said, this was his response. He said, do you know why firemen wear red suspenders? Why? To hold their pants up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got. That was, it was right there in front of us. <laughs> All right, Dan Issel, Kentucky Dad Podcast. We're rolling along with season two. So today's actually Friday. Um, put some time context to this. Kentucky will play South Carolina tomorrow. So we will try to catch up. And actually, too, Dan, I have um, – so I definitely did not know much about Vernon Hatton maybe a month or so ago. I was nice enough. Um, another Kentucky dad pod vet, John Wong, gave me a book that his son wrote. Um, and the book's terrific. So I'm hoping to have um, Vernon Hatton's son on to discuss a little bit about that book, his dad, um, and just some really, really cool UK stories in there. So I'm aiming for him to be the next guest on the, guest on the Kentucky dad pod. Yeah, that Vernon Vernon was a terrific guy and a terrific player too, uh, and and I believe stayed around Lexington his entire life after he uh, graduated from UK. Yeah, and I mean to think to have um, people, you know, you and then someone connected to him on back to back is just um, basketball royalty. Because when I read through his accomplishments and accolades, I mean, I knew I'd heard his name, knew it was great, but I was really blown away by all that he accomplished. Um, you know, very early on time of basketball. And then the book is great. It's just, it's kind of hard to describe. So I'll do a little more of that next week, but really cool book that um, his son wrote, who was also a great player. So thanks again for listening. Dan Nissel's the man, and we will talk to everybody next time on the Kentucky Dad Pod.